1: Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. And it's great to catch up now with Steve Schiller from Road Riders for Jesus. He's got a big Jesus tent, which he loves to take around the nation and uh, he's got a great heart to preach the gospel. It's a, a blessing to welcome him on the show. How are you doing, Steve? I'm doing really well, mate. Mate, I've uh, heard you preach a couple of times recently, and I thought I've got to get this guy on the radio to share a bit of his story. Uh, we're going to find out a bit more about Road, road Riders for Jesus and uh, what kind of bike you ride and all that kind of stuff shortly. But let's find out a bit of your story. Where were you born and raised?
0: I uh, grew up in the Adelaide
1: Hills in South Australia. Okay. And were you raised in a, like a religious household or...? I was
0: raised in a Lutheran family, okay so we had a um i guess pretty pretty good start, mm-hmm. but in many ways i didn't connect with it at all i just um i don 't know when when I was a kid i I remember the scariest thing I ever heard was my Sunday school teacher saying, "When you die, you go to heaven and worship God for eternity. It kind of frightened the hell out of me. I thought, what if it's like church?" <laughs>
1: Okay so did you faithfully go to church you know through your teenage years or did you fall away from the Lord? Uh,
0: I had a problem with my attention span um, so I really didn't pay attention while I was in church I even went to um, uh, the primary school um, and as a kid i I remember the teacher reading us through uh, the book of Exodus and I was thinking wow God's incredible you know um, but I didn't see that Happening today, I, I wanted it to be real for today, but it just seemed to be ancient and in the past, like like some sort of story, I guess. You know, rather than reality.
1: Mm. Mm. So, did you stay faithful, or did you have a time away from the Lord? How, how did uh, how did your your life unfold?
0: I, I found myself um, not uh, not living the sort of life that I should have been living. Mm-hmm. I um I, I guess um. I guess in real real truth, um, you know, discovering that uh, Santa, Easter Bunny, all this stuff had been fed to me and and, uh, unfolded to not be a reality, I I ditched the whole God thing as well, you know, in my heart.
2: Mm -hmm. So
0: I hung around with a lot of the wrong people, uh, made friends with people that accepted me. Um, uh, I, I, I did a lot of stuff that wasn't right. Yeah. And I guess I was afraid that if God was real, I was in big trouble.
2: Mm.
0: Um, so the whole thing of God not being real was very attractive, mm. very, very attractive. It, it sort of gave me a place where I could um, escape. Um, and I didn't I didn't think that, um, I don't know, I didn't think of anything being spiritual at all. You know, to me, it was just um, the world and this is the way it is and, you know, uh, you, you live for the moment, you know. That was pretty much it. And tell us what brought you back to the Lord. Oh, I decided I would um, go along to the youth group because I was getting in that much trouble with the other people that I was hanging around with. So I thought, well, I'm the bad, they're, they're the bad influence, you know, so I'll go along to the youth group. Um, I'll hang around there and hopefully it will sort me out. Um, But the problem was I was causing all them to quit getting all sorts of strife. Mm. So the strife just grew, you know. Um, They had a camp, and I went along to the camp. I turned up with a bootload of beer. Um, They didn't want me there. They were trying to get rid of me for the weekend. Um, I just sort of stood my ground and stayed. Mm. Um, You wouldn't have wanted me in your youth group, would you? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, anyhow... This guy came and he shared his testimony. His name was Barry Good. And he got saved in prison in Yatala in South Australia. Um, he'd done a bank robbery in Western Australia and knocked over the TAB in, um, in Adelaide. And then he'd done a serious amount of prison time and he'd become a Christian. And he was talking about God like God existed, mm. which to me was just bizarre. I thought there was something mentally wrong with him, you know. I, in fact, I was so... I really hated him. Couldn't handle being in that um, in that group, you know. Uh, so when he left, I felt a lot more comfortable, just went back to all my nonsense. Um, and then life spiraled downwards really bad. I, uh, I wasn't living at home. I didn't fit in well, in my opinion, with the people around me. And I'll say in my opinion because my world was just limited to everything that was going on in my own head. Mm. And I believe it's the same for every person, you know. Um, no matter what happens, we've always got our own stuff going on in our heads. And mm. um, so I was sleeping in my car, and I was doing different things, and and uh, I ended up being tormented by the words that Barry Good had said: "If you find Jesus Christ, you'll know God." Mm. They kept on repeating like a like a bad curry, you know. <laughs> I couldn't get rid of them. Um, I tried to push them out of my head. Um, I had a an encounter one night. I was with three friends. Um, when I say friends, we were just using each other really badly. Um, they just wanted to get off their faces on substance. We was out the other side of Strathalbyn, many miles away from any churches or Christians. And everything inside of me was saying, this is wrong. Everything's wrong. Everything that I enjoyed is suddenly wrong, you know. And I walked away from the car, probably about 400 meters. And uh, you see, I didn't believe in God. I Mentally, I I didn't understand God. I didn't believe in him. Um, I was emotionally constipated, so to speak. Uh, I was just so shut down. Um, and I walked away from these people, and I'm standing there, and I prayed. I, I didn't even know I was going to pray. Um, it was like deep calls out to deep, you know, something way beyond the place that you normally live in, called out and connected with God. And it was a dark night, cloudy. Um, it was full moon lit, but it was cloudy and was under a cloud cover. And it was like the uh, the night breeze had somehow just separated all that. And I was hit by the brightness of the of the night moon, but I was hit by something so powerful. It was the brightness of the love of God. I'd never ever experienced it, and suddenly it flooded me. I, I didn't know what was happening. Um, I knew it was Him. I just knew it was the Lord. Um, I went from being a non-believer to a believer straight away. Mm. And um, there was a guy that was with me that had also wandered away from the car, and for some reason, he had actually prayed as well. Both of us. It happened to both of us at the same time. Wow. His name was Gordon. We used to call him Buddha because he was a big fat guy, (laughs) Um, something I am today, I suppose, bald (laughs) bloke with a big belly. Uh, But um, I parted company with him because I was so scared that if he told me this never happened, my life had nothing to anchor with. Mm. And suddenly it was like, I, I didn't know there was Christian radio, mate. Mm. All, all I knew was secular. Um, and I'd turn the radio on, secular songs, the, the lyrics would just talk to me about all the stuff I was praying to God about. Wow. You know? Um, I, I didn't know what to do. I, I wanted to go to church, um, but I didn't want to go inside the church because I felt despised by the people. I didn't feel like I fitted in. So I'd sit on the doorstep of the church and roll a cigarette and I'd be wearing all my black clothes and my Ripple sole shoes and crying out to God, I need you more. And the, the very traditional minister of the church that I came from, he would, um, he would nail us exactly what was going on in my life in his 10-minute sermon. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, God, you're here, you know. Um, it was incredible. Well, I met up with Gordon two years later. Uh, we're both doing a Life in the Spirit course. We was amazed to find each other again. Um, just God is just good. Mm. Like if you open your heart to Him, He's right there. He's just waiting.
1: Uh, tell us a bit about whether there was a big change in your life. Did everyone notice the difference?
0: Uh, one of the guys in the workplace, he said to me, he said, "What's happened to you?" I said, "What do you mean?" He said, "You're different. What's happened?" <laughs> I said, "Well, I um, I uh." But I I met God. He just laughed at me. (laughs) Uh, I I didn't know how to evangelize. I didn't know how to, you know. I said, what do you mean? What's different? He said, you're nice to people now. It was never nice to anyone before. The whole worldview changed. I drove home from that place on the side of the road that night. I was throwing um, pornography out the window, alcohol, drugs out the window. I come to a packet of cigarettes. I said, I said, you're not getting them, so I put them in my top pocket and wrestled with them for another couple of years. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the stupid things that you do. And, um, but, mate, it was just an encounter that seemed to come with a seed that was sown, you know? Mm, that's just awesome. Seed. And, and the, although I went to Sunday school and I went to uh, the primary school, um, when I had this experience, all of a sudden, stuff started flooding back into my life, like... Mm. Um, uh, you know, scriptures and verses of the Bible, you know, I, I wouldn't have been able to find them in my being, in my person, in my mind, or in my heart. Suddenly they're alive. And, uh, you know, Jesus said, I'll send the Holy Spirit and he'll remind you of everything that I've taught you. And, mm. you know, hats off to my Sunday school teacher. <laughs> she used to pray with one eye open and one eye shut, just to keep an eye on me, I think.
1: You know, And you know, I think of the proverb that says, train a child in the way he should go, and when he's old he won't depart from it, you know. And you had that great foundation in the Lutheran Church as a young fella. Oh, yes, mate. And now the Lord's using that in your life as an evangelist. You're with a a great ministry uh, called Road Riders for Jesus. Uh, What kind of bike do you ride?
0: I've got a V-Star Yemi. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a custom cruiser.
1: Eleven hundred. I love it. It's great. And I know you're right around Australia. I heard you preach at our soup kitchen recently, and you came to our church and did some stuff. And I was so inspired, mate. You've got a great gift in your life, and you've also got this Jesus tent that you set up, and you just go to towns and preach the gospel and fill up a tent with people, and you see miracles happen. Uh, tell us a bit about, you know, if people want to get you to come to their town, what 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 happens when the Jesus tent turns up in a, in a in a local town around Australia?
0: Wow. Well, we've done a few different places. Um, usually, n- no two meetings are the same. It's, it's it's pretty incredible. We we had a meeting at Coffs Harbour. The first night was um, a guy had been watching it on Facebook, and he drove four hours to come. Um, and I had a word of knowledge. The Lord just gave me this word for something in someone's stomach that was being healed, and this guy responded. And I said, there's a hard lump leaving you right now. He had stage four stomach cancer, and it just vanished. Wow. Um, so when people are hungry, God, God turns it up. Mm. You know what I mean?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and, uh, we, we've done meetings in, uh, Lowood. We've done quite a few. We've done at Fernvale, Coffs Harbour, Tasmania, five meetings in Tasmania. Usually go for a full week. Um, we did Toowoomba with a guy called, um, Edgar Mayer. He's a Lutheran minister mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, we had about 300 people turn up on a Sunday morning, which was amazing, and I think we went for four days, and there was 35 people gave their lives to the Lord, and there was all sorts of miracles, and you
1: know.
0: Awesome, and you have worship yeah, music so there too? And, oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, well, mate, if I if I start um, playing the guitar and singing, most people walk out, but we've got some pretty good ones, you know, <laughs> some people that will come and give you a hand and you know. Uh, Steve,
1: I'd love to know a bit of uh, this story that you share when you preach the gospel. I heard you preach recently at the Soup Kitchen and you just had everyone in the palm of your hands. A whole bunch of people came to Christ. One of the stories you told was the difference between religion and Jesus. It was so
0: good. Do you just want to share that story with us, mate? Well, I was with a guy one day in um, in Gudna. He was uh, Odin's Warriors uh, biker and he came come up beside my uh, van and got a quote for something on a car. So I gave him a bit of a price idea. And then he comes out with these words. He said, what, you Christian or something? I said, mate, yeah, I am. What about you? And he goes, uh, I got too much time for that sort of crap, you know, with a few extra colorful words in there. And he'd seen on the back door of my van, I got the face of Jesus and two hands that are on the back door with nails stuck through them. And it says the mechanic can fix most things, but he can fix it all. And I said to this bloke, I said, listen, mate, I'm going to give you a bit of advice, you know. How about you go to church um, and give all your money to some preacher and read the Bible 50 hours a month and pray 50 hours a month and wear a white shirt and a tie and see if you can pay off a billion-dollar moral debt with two cents worth of hard try. And I said, this religious crap does not do a thing, you know. I said, mate, there's a bloke on the back of my van. He paid for everything with his own blood. He wrote out a check that's big enough to pay for anything. Signed it in his own blood And if you'd dare cash it in It would change your life well, Later that day This guy and his uh, lady friend Were both miraculously transformed and saved And, and um, it was a mess And you heard me share the testimony It was going to be a murder scene that day The two of them are just touched by God And bawling their eyes out And soaking the floorboards with their tears And power of God all over them Changing them You know And th- that's what I'm talking about Religion Religion has sent more people to hell than the devil, I believe. You know, um, and God gives you a foundation with His Word, but He wants relationship. You know, uh, He wants relationship with people. And Adam, Adam, and uh, Eve—they blew it. God turned up in the garden. He, He didn't say, "What have you done?" He said, "Where are you?" He was looking for him. He wanted the the Son of God come into the world to seek and save that was lost. Mm. You know, that's not religion. That's that's commitment. That's power. You know, and um, I don't know what else can you say about it?
1: <laughs> well, mate, you know what? I've been inspired yeah. to meet up with mm-hmm. you recently and hear you preach. And I've you know, we yeah. saw people come to Christ at the soup kitchen, and we've seen yeah. you pray for people, and we've seen miracles. You know, uh, you, you've yeah. got a genuine gift on your life. And mm-hmm. I just pray that the Lord will open many more doors for you to preach the gospel around our nation. And maybe people want the Jesus tent in their town uh, if they want to. Uh, contact Road Riders for Jesus on Facebook. They can find the Facebook page there and uh, look up Steve Schiller. Uh, People can book you guys to come in and uh, be a blessing in their town. I really believe that we need to see more ministries like yours getting out and about in the highways and the byways around Australia. Uh, So, uh, mate, it's been so good to hear your story today. Steve, I reckon you're a history maker. Thanks for joining us.
0: Good on you, mate. It's been a pleasure.